lunch. Nom, 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 nom. Good morning, Sac City. Welcome in to another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by <laughs> the best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesia Mukes. It is a beautiful October 21st morning here in the city. We've got lots to talk about, Aaron. I'm not going to ask any questions. There's no long spiel. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> we had breaking news last night, late last night, of a blockbuster trade involving the Carolina Panthers, the San Francisco 49ers, and one Christian McCaffrey heading to San Francisco. The Panthers traded their star running back to the Niners in exchange for a 2023 second rounder, 2023 third, 2023 fourth, and a 2024 fifth in exchange for Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey now heads out west to join a Niners squad that loves their running backs. Uh, This might be the best running back the Niners have had in a very, very long time if not the best running back of all time in Niners history. Aaron, let's just start here. Instant reactions to when this instant reactions to when this trade broke. Um, Okay. So everybody knows, and I got some people in the Bay that are probably watching or going to watch this um, because there was a lot of chatter on my Facebook last night. Everybody knows I hate the 49ers. I do. I say it with proud, but I'm also a very realistic football analyst. Um, My initial reaction was, at work what in the fuck is going on (laughs) i said i said it out loud in the office um i was like wow that's crazy but i'm gonna tell you i I like the move more than just getting the talent of cmc this shows me that the niners are all in this shows me that this isn't a a long-term play for you know trey lance to become the starter again and you know build that team up they are in win now mode they are saying we can win a super bowl right now with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, if we go and put the necessary pieces around him. And despite what people continue to say about Christian McCaffrey's, quote, injury prone, I I don't get the narrative. I don't get why we all of a sudden call somebody injury prone because they had a couple of injuries in a couple of seasons um, when they've shown to be dominant and great over the course of their career. Christian McCaffrey is the most versatile running back in the NFL. Yes, I said it. More than Saquon Barkley, more than Alvin Kamara. He is the most versatile back in all of football because he can kill you both in the run game and the pass game. And it's not just uh, outside or when you get the ball in his hands in space. This guy runs between the tackles. It's not like he can't run between the tackles. Just because he has that smaller frame, people think he can't do it, but he actually can. He's one of the most versatile backs we've seen in this game in a very, very long time. We forget he ran and received, or he ran and received for a thousand yards in 2019. He's just 26 years old. It's not like he's some 28, 29 year old running back that we're worried about falling off a cliff or, or anything like that. He hasn't really suffered major, major injuries. I know he's been injured the last couple of seasons, but it's not been a, a huge, um, you know, torn Achilles or anything like that. So I, first of all, he fits Kyle Shanahan's offense to an absolute T. This is what Kyle Shanahan wants. He wants to be able to get guys the ball and be able to watch them make plays. We see it with Debo Samuel. Look at what Debo did in college. He was not the player he is now. I'm not saying he wasn't good, but Debo Samuel was not the player he is now. What did Kyle Shanahan do? He maximized what Debo Samuel does well. He's done it with George Kittle. He did it with Elijah Mitchell last year. 
This is the most talented running back the 49ers have ever had, ever. Yeah. And I'll say it. I'll include yeah. a guys in there, Roger Craig, uh, all, all the Frank Gore, whoever, whoever you want to throw in there. Christian McCaffrey is the most talented running back the 49ers have ever had, ever. And he is yeah. going to pay dividends. He, it's a huge addition for the 49ers, a huge and I get it. They still got Jimmy G at quarterback. And for the haters out there that are going to say Jimmy G is still going to cost them games, perhaps. I'm not here to praise Jimmy G, but it makes it a lot easier now when you have Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, and Christian McCaffrey. This was a home run of a trade. Um, I don't. <sighs> I care what they gave very short. In the NFL, your window to win is very, very short. And that window has to be exploited. And the 49ers are in that window right now before guys have to get paid, before guys are towards the back end of their career. You have to go all out, and they did. And, and you look at the rest of the NFC, the NFC as a whole, not even just the NFC West. It's wide open. The Packers are struggling. The Bucks are struggling. The Rams are struggling. All the big dog teams in the NFC are, are struggling now, and it's wide open. So why not go out and make a move to make your team better? And I think also something that it factors in here is we talk about all the time how Kyle Shanahan's offense loves that running back by committee. It's Elijah Moore or Elijah Elijah Mitchell one year. It's it's just Jeff William, Jeff Wilson another year. It's you throw in a Jamichael Hasty. You throw in uh, all the other running backs they add in, and obviously you're not bringing in CMC to to have a running back by committee. But the usage of CMC will be. I feel like used smartly because of the way Kyle Shanahan has used his running backs in the past to where CMC doesn't have to do it all. Yes, he's he not going to be, well, he's this, not going to be, that's a he's false not narrative. Be, it's not a running I, back by committee in San Francisco. It never has been. It's it, the running back by committee means you're splitting carries throughout a game. Kyle Shanahan is not really a split carries throughout a game kind of coach. The problem was they've never had a back to go to that many times. You look at Elijah Mitchell last year. He was the guy. The year before that, Raheem Mostert was the guy. It wasn't like it was a running back by committee. It's just that every year it's been a different guy. It's not that he gives 15 to, or 10 to Jeff Wilson, 10 to Jermichael Hasty, 10 to Elijah Mitchell. It's no, they get 20 plus carries while they're the guy and then they get hurt. Christian McCaffrey is still going to touch the ball a lot. I, 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 I've heard this. And then like one of my buddies was like, oh, there goes his fantasy value because he's going to split carries. And I'm like, well, no, that's his fantasy value grows, right? You're talking about a guy that's in a more efficient offense with a better offensive line with more weapons around him. So he yeah. may not have to touch the ball 30 times to produce 120 yards of offense. You might see him only touch the ball 20 times and still be more efficient in 100 and 130 yards of total offense. So his touches may decrease a little bit because there's other weapons, but his efficiency yeah. goes up. And therefore, you do get to spare him, but it's not sparing him at the expense of taking him off the field or allowing other guys to run the ball. It's sparing him as to say, okay, we have guys on the outside like Debo and George Kittle that yeah. can also touch the ball, and Christian McCaffrey don't have to touch the ball 30 times. The, Shanahan is the perfect fit for this guy. Like, the, there's no other coach. I, I honestly can – it may be like an Andy Reid or somebody like that, but they even like to spread the ball around a, a little too much for me. There, I don't know that there's another coach that fits – more perfectly, in my opinion, for Christian McCaffrey than Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this does wonders for them moving forward in the in the odds category. It's funny because the, like they have Debo Samuel, and I feel like Christian McCaffrey is the running back version of Debo Samuel, where it's like 
They both do both jobs very well. They're both used heavily in both pass catching and the running game. Uh, this just does wonders for the 49ers moving forward. Now, I don't, this, I'm not going to bash the 49ers. We're not going to do what we normally do and talk about what this does for their Super Bowl chances because at the end of the day, we've talked about it before. You, it's tough to win this league without a quarterback. And it's not to say it's not to completely bash Jimmy G, but it's tough. And but getting the best running back in the NFL definitely helps those odds and gives you a shot to compete with the best offenses in the NFL. I'm gonna say it the 49ers are the favorite in the NFC. Yep, the 49ers are the favorite to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC, in my opinion. Um, I I don't look at a team and see a better team, a better team. And again, I know there's injury concerns and I know they're health, not healthy right now, but they will get healthy. And they, some of these players are coming back in the next couple of weeks. I believe that the 49ers are the best team in the NFC right now. Um, I think they have the best chance to get to the Super Bowl. With that defense, they average the, mo- the least amount of yards per play. Um, when you get guys back like Charvarius Ward on that back end, he should be back again this week. I know he left early last week. Uh, some safeties come back. You get um, offensive line held back. Their path, Nick Bosa will eventually be back. I don't look at a team in the NFC. And you said it's wide open. I actually think it's not wide open. I think it's, I think there's very few teams in the NFC that could actually get to a Super Bowl right now and have a chance to win it. I think it's maybe three or four. And I think the 49ers are at the top of that list. This is a physical football team that have, that's added a dynamic piece. And you don't need Jimmy G to go out and be crazy. You just need him not to screw it up. And that's and, and that's really at this point. I, I've said this before. There are sometimes anomalies. There are sometimes teams can go out and win a Super Bowl with, with a quarterback that's not a franchise guy if everything is perfect around them. If the Niners stay healthy, everything will be perfect around Jimmy G. They have now got a dependable guy that they can – check down to and check down to and check down to that Jimmy G would love. And, and then you have the weapons of those other guys on the outside. If, if everything stays, if everything goes healthy, stays healthy. Um, I think the San Francisco 49ers will be in the Super Bowl in February. Um, and you know, that hurts. And it's saying a lot. If I say that, I promise yeah. you Niner fans in California. No, I do not like to say that, but I am very realistic. I think that he's that much of a game changer. I think he's that much of a difference maker uh, for a team that's really close already. Yeah, like you said, it's not just him being the game changer himself in the talent level. It's also the system that he comes into that's a perfect fit. Um, Briefly talking about the Panthers' side of this deal, uh, they get a lot of picks to help their future out. Um, Let's just address this and then move on to the rest of our show because we've got a lot to talk about. We've got nine games to preview today. Um, They get a second, a third, a fourth in next year's draft, and a fifth in the following year's draft. Um, there were some that were thinking, okay, maybe they can get a first round pick for the talent level of what Christian McCaffrey is. And, and that, that may not be uh, the, the right narrative to follow because he is a running back. He is a very highly paid running back. Um, what's your thoughts on what the Panthers got in return in this deal? Um, I, I think they got what they could get. There's nobody that's giving a first round draft pick for a rookie or for a running back. It's simple as that. I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter which running back it was. Um, you're not going to give a first round pick for it. Um, so yes, you go out and you get a bunch of picks and this is, look, I'm not a fan. I'm not, I'm not a fan of trading my best players for, for draft picks. I get that they want a fresh start in a rebuild, 
but the rebuild can't come at the expense of getting rid of your best players. And then they say on the other end, there's reports saying that DJ Moore is not going to be on the block, that he's a foundational piece to what they're trying to do. I'm like, if, if Christian McCaffrey is not your foundational piece, then everybody should be available, maybe except for Brian Burns and J.C. Horn. So um, that's how my mindset is. I'm trading everybody except for Brian Burns and J.C. Horn, and then I'm rebuilding that way. But Carolina got picks, and they got they got probably a, the amount of picks you could get. Um, but again, they got to hit on these draft picks. They got to be better in building that roster. So um, I would say right now, if you look at the Carolina Panthers and you're a fan and you're just looking for that glimmer of hope, there's three things you can point you can hang your hat on: Ikemakwanu, Brian Burns, and J.C. Horn. And if they keep those three guys, you have some foundational pieces at key spots. Your, your, you know, your offense alignment anchor, your defense alignment anchor, Brian Burns and pass rush, and then a, a lockdown corner going forward in the future. Everybody else should be available. And then you got to start finding, looking for ways to find your franchise quarterback and build around that. And I think if you look at it at that angle, then you can say, okay, we have something positive going. Let's go find a coach. But if you're just like, man, it looks like a fire sale. Um, it kind of is. It kind of is. So you got to hope that these draft picks hit over the next couple of years. And they have a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, loaded up for the future for the Carolina Panthers. Got a hit though. Got a hit for it to matter. Uh, so that's our that's our little breaking news. Christian McCaffrey is now a San Francisco 49er. They play the Chiefs this week. Obviously, McCaffrey most likely will not be playing. Uh, He's but going it, to play. Is he going to play? He's going to play. Ooh, man, that's they'll put it. They said they'll put a, a, a they'll put a few packages in for him. Well, it, oh. every report that I've read is that they've talked before and that he expects to play on some level. Don't expect a full complement of snaps, but I don't care. I'm putting him in my fantasy lineup anyways. Oh, no, no doubt. Well, you, first of all, you can't bench Christian. If he's playing, if Christian McCaffrey's playing, he's playing in your lineup. There's never a doubt if he's ever in your lineup, if he's playing. Um, but yeah, if the there's 49ers, one position though, if there's one position that you can just say, hey, run right, run left. Like you don't need a whole lot of scheme at the running back position. You can, yep. you can tell him where he's going and run him and on he, and off the field. I, I think there'll be a, a number of plays he can get in on. Yeah, and, he, and he'll be fine. They have the Chiefs this week, though, on Sunday. Then they have the Rams uh, and then a bye week to get Christian McCaffrey really, really rolling with this system. And then it's full go, uh, balls to the walls, week 10 on uh, into their playoff run and possibly a Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, trying to structure this show is fun because we got a morning headline that I'm not sure I want to talk about because if it's important or not, Let's let's touch into it. Let's touch into this morning headline of Elijah Moore requesting a trade out of New York. Uh, he, he says he no longer wants to be with the Jets. He wants to trade out. The Jets came out and said they have no interest in trading and moving Elijah Moore. They are four and two right now. Your thoughts on Moore wanting out of New York? Yeah, I don't get it. I'll be honest. I don't get it. And this is my biggest gripe with players. Um, this is my it's one of my biggest gripes with players. Elijah Moore is a good receiver and he started to come on last year. And I think that he has uh, some potential. And, you know, when you put him and Garrett Wilson next to each other, I think there's some potential there to be great. Obviously you need Zach Wilson to grow and continue to be great, but the jets have been abysmal. They've been abysmal organization for the past decade. And you finally start to win and winning come may come at the expense of your numbers, your ability to, to get what you want. And now you want to request a trade and cause that, cause that chaos. I don't love the, the mindset. Like my mindset as, a, as an athlete, as a competitor is we're winning. 
Now, I may, I may be helping us win in a different way. I might have to block. I might not touch the ball as much. Maybe I'm more of a decoy and people don't want to let me get deep and maybe we can run the ball a little bit better. It's not like his usage is going down. He's on the field. The problem is, is they're not throwing the ball because they don't have to because they're winning. So uh, it's like anybody in Baltimore that would be crying about, I want out. It's like Hollywood Brown wanting out. But he was able to still produce and want out. Um, when you are winning in the NFL, I feel like that should be enough if you're contributing to those victories. And again, I get it. Everybody wants their numbers because they want to get paid. But it starts to go to show what kind of players really want what. I want to win. And if we're winning, I'm happy. If we're not winning and I'm coming at the expense of my numbers because I feel like I could be doing more to help us win, then maybe so, so be it. But right now, I don't love the mindset of Elijah Moore. I think he needs to stick it out and let his quarterback develop. And, and that's the guy he came in with. Like him and Zach Wilson came in together. They like they they could form a connection, but he's got to be willing to to be patient with this young team. And um, I didn't like when I heard that. I thought that was you know unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, and I I think patience is the key with him. I, I don't think he's done enough to say okay, I want out. I think the potential is there. Um, but possible teams that are interested in Elijah Moore last season, we got reports saying that the Green Bay Packers were in on him if he if he became available. Uh, I would assume that they come up as well. Uh, now that he wants to trade out, I don't expect the Jets to trade him, uh, but the trade deadline is quickly approaching. So we'll keep an eye on the Jets and Elijah Moore moving forward. Aaron, let's quickly get into your injury report. Yeah, you talk about Christian McCaffrey and injuries, and guess what? Lo and behold, you get Christian McCaffrey, and Trent Williams' ankle is all of a sudden healed. Trent Williams is expected to return Sunday against the Chiefs. Uh, he was out with that high ankle sprain. Obviously, a huge, huge addition back to that 49ers offensive line. Talking about one of the best offensive lines in football, you add the best left tackle in football, and then you add Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers all of a sudden are back to where they want to be. I don't know, again, how much Christian McCaffrey is going to play against the Chiefs or how this is going to impact that game. I still probably have the Chiefs in that one. Um, but I think I think this is going to be huge going forward. Like you said, they have the Rams and then the bye week. Um, so they'll get they'll get healthy real quick, and it'll be real good for them. Jahan Dotson re-aggravated his hamstring injury in Thursday's practice. for the rookie. I will continue to roll through the injuries as I'm freezing. Jahan Dotson probably out this week. Our full participants in practice, uh, some guys that had missed some time early in the week, Lamar Jackson, C.D. Lamb, Damian Harris, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Rodgers, all practice in full, so probably no concerns there for Sunday. Um, the limited participants, Keenan Allen, Rashad Bateman, Jalen Waddell, and DeAndre Swift. Um, looking to have most of them play on Sunday. We're expecting all of them to trend in the right direction, but we will keep our eyes out for that. Make sure you tune in to Pick Skin and Pancakes on Sunday for the final injury report. And the players who did not practice were Josh Palmer, Tyler Lockett, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins. Um, Got to have some concern there for their status on Sunday. Again, we'll keep you updated on that as we get closer and closer to game time. But yeah, lots of injuries, lots of news coming out. I'm still excited about the CMC trade. Shout out to all my people in the Bay Area that be watching. Uh, Niners going to the Super Bowl. You heard it here. That's right. Getting creative. 
Yeah, I'm trying to. Basically, I'm just like very keeping it very basic. Uh, it's a very easy transition to change the logos on the uh, inside the matchups. But we had a Thursday night football game that was buried behind all the news that took place last night. Uh, but the Cardinals defeated the New Orleans Saints 42-34 in a very high-scoring, finally, Thursday night football action. We saw the return of DeAndre Hopkins, who went 10 receptions, 103 yards. The game went as expected for him. Uh, your overall takeaways from this uh, matchup last night. DeAndre Hopkins is great. DeAndre Hopkins is great. And DeAndre Hopkins is back. Throw him the football. Uh, just throw him the football. Uh, he didn't have a lot in the first half. They were kind of still filling each other up. Throw the man the football. He's always open. He's got uh, – if you ever watched DeAndre Hopkins play, when he catches the ball, he runs with the ball like it's a tennis ball in his hand. Like his hands are huge. Um, it's great. It's going to help the Cardinals for sure. Um Andy Dalton can't 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 have pick sixes. You can't throw pick sixes, like. And then we're gonna look at this and say, "Oh, the Cardinals put up forty-two points when so many of them came as a result of you know Andy Dalton." Uh, the Saints are just a bad football team right now. Um, we we've said it. I thought they could get back on track. They 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 couldn't. Uh, Arizona did end up winning. The injuries are piling up for the Saints. I honestly don't need to spend much time on this game. These two teams are going nowhere. Uh, right now, they're they're just going nowhere. Maybe the Cardinals can get on a run with D Hop back, but the the Saints just have so many issues. And, and you look at moments and in spurts, they look so good, and then it it like falls apart. And like late in the first half, like Marcus Callaway or Kevin White, or I think that was Marcus Callaway. Kevin White, bounced, ball just bouncing off his head. Kevin White had a nice play, man. Yeah, about, uh, yeah, I know. Listen, <laughs> listen, I. They're just both teams are bad. Both teams are bad. And and right now it was a battle, a battle of who was worse. And last night the Saints were worse and the Cardinals got the win. Congratulations. Yeah, it's interesting. The battle between Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton on who should be the real starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And you look at the points per game under Andy Dalton. He's averaging 20 plus points per game uh, for the Saints versus what Jameis did to start the season. Um, real quick on that side, who do you who would you start a quarterback for the Saints? Jameis? Nope. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Saints aren't good. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. The Saints are not good. Okay. But right. I would start. I would start Jameis. I think the upside for Jameis is higher than the upside for Andy Dalton. I think you can get more out of him. Um, but like I said, I, I don't think it matters. I don't. I don't think they. It makes them a playoff team or anything like that. All right. Well, that does it for our Thursday night recap. The Cardinals defeat the Saints 42 to 34. It's very unfortunate that the uh, the Thursday night football game was buried behind the Christian McCaffrey news because it was finally a high scoring game and much more interesting than a 12 to nine Denver Broncos. Why, why do you up. think that? Like the high I mean, score game doesn't make it more interesting. It, it wasn't it, it wasn't that great of a game. It wasn't. It wasn't. But it, it was very points. Just points. That's all. That's, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's, we're not casuals here, Vinny. We don't get to just fair. say it's like a baseball game that's 12 to 10. And we're like, what a great game. No, nobody could field a ground ball or a hockey game that no goalie can stop any shots. They just run up down the, the ice and just slap it in the goal. Like you're not. Call, you're not excited. That, 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 my friend, is called the all-star game. That, exactly. My that's my point. That's my point. It's not very exciting. All right, that does it for our Thursday night matchup. Let's get down to business. Let's go inside the matchups for the remaining games in week seven. That's right. It's time to get deep inside week. (laughs) It's time to go inside the matchup here. Week seven. (laughs) 
uh, kicks off, uh, finishes off Sunday. Jesus, the words right now are just not flowing well. We've got the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. They, these two teams, both of them entering this game at three and three. The Viking or the Falcons, a surprise three and three team playing well. Aaron, you have spoken very highly of them uh, to start the season because they have that dog mentality of Arthur Smith. The Bengals are favored in this game, six and a half points with an over under of 47 and a half. Aaron, what's the storyline you're following and watching for in this game on both sides of the ball? Yeah, for me, it's how underrated the Cincinnati Bengals defense has been. Um, we often associate, when we look at the Cincinnati Bengals, we see Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, a brand-new offensive line, and we say, oh, wow, they have a lot of weapons offensively. This is going to be an explosive team. Well, that explosiveness has actually come on the defensive side of the football, and maybe it's not a lot of name guys. Maybe you got you know guys like um, Hendrickson and, and guys like that who are very, very, very good players but aren't as well-known. Um, and I think that's what – that's what the storyline's been for them all year. It's the reason they're at where they're at. Even with the slow start, especially offensively, you saw the defense play well. And we all I kept saying was the offense will get it going. And once the offense gets it going, they should start winning games. And this is why, um, you know, we did have the debate Minnesota or the Bengals, and I put the Bengals over Minnesota. And, and with the offense playing better, they're still not quite there, but they are playing a little bit better. This is why the Bengals are a contender, because the Bengals' offense has the potential to be elite. And if their defense can continue to play the way they have, they're a Super Bowl-caliber team. Do I think they can go and beat the Chiefs and the Bills again? Maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm not there yet. Um, and it would take some magic, but they had magic last year and got there. And I think this offense is capable of having that magic and we've seen it, but that defense is very, very underrated. And I think they're going to cause some fits for Atlanta this week. So Atlanta is going to have to be very, very patient with what they want to do. And they've been so far. So I expect them to, but uh, you have to give some credit to the Cincinnati Bengals defense because they are kind of the unsung hero over the year of the past year and a half for this team. What are the, what are the Falcons? What does the Falcons offense need to do to kind of get to the Bengals defense and what's, what's their, what's their weakness? What's their strength? And at least for the, for the Bengals defensive side. And again, what does the Falcons have to do to get to that? Well, I will always say, I will always still lean that the, the Bengals secondary is still the weakest part of their team. Uh, I, I'm not saying they're weak this year. They're not, they're not out there just trash. Like I felt like they were at times, um, a year ago or two years ago. But I do think that the Atlanta Falcons know who they are. They are very true to who they are, which is running the football. So uh, if if you're the Atlanta Falcons, you can't waver from that. I don't care how good Cincinnati's run defense is or they think it is. They're about middle of the pack right now when it comes to giving up the run. They're a little bit better giving up the um, against the pass. So they're kind of a middle tier when you talk about yardage-wise uh, defense. But they're really, really good on third downs. They can get off the field and then they can get their ball back to their offense. And they're not giving up a lot of points, under 20 points per game. So Atlanta's got to find ways to get in the end zone and not settle for field goals. Um, I really believe this is about Atlanta just staying true to who they are, um, staying on the field, keeping the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands, try to convert on third downs. And if they do that, I think they'll have some success. Um I, I have to I have to get my predictions out here, but I'm pretty sure I went with the Bengals here. Um, I, I, I think Lord. the bank, you're good. Oh, oh, great. Oh, you did it differently. I was looking for a big box and a solo to come up. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. It's, I, that was only because I thought, you know how. Yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm taking the Bengals here. Um, 27-16, I just think that defense is too too much, and Atlanta's offense will struggle 
to score. I do think uh, they'll run the ball, but it's not going to be enough. Bengals 27, Falcons 16. Yeah, I'm flying on that same that same train there. I got one, the Bengals same score 27. I got the Falcons getting 17 points in this game. I think, like you said, uh, I think the offense for the Bengals is just going to be too much for the Falcons to handle. Um, and the and, and I think the Bengals move on to to four and three. And it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I know this. I know it's a 10 point spread there. And um, but I, I do think the Falcons keep it competitive because that's just the way the Falcons play. And again, not a knock on the Falcons at all to to lose this game, but um, Cincinnati is just a little bit farther ahead, and that offense is just a little bit better. The next game on our list is the Indianapolis Colts battling the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Colts at three, two, and one lead this division. The Titans at three and two, right behind on their heels. This is a battle for the AFC South here. Uh, the Titans are favored two and a half points, an over under of forty two in this matchup. Again, this is uh, this is really for the AFC South right here. The season started off slow for these two teams, uh, but they've been able to find ways to win recently to put them back in the conversation uh, as as a, as a a playoff team. I'm not going to say a Super Bowl contender, but a playoff team. Uh, I know you hate this question, but I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask it. Who needs this win? Which which of these teams needs this win more? Um, the Colts, <laughs> I guess. Um... I think they both really need the win, but I think the Colts need it more because number one, the Colts and Titans have already played once and it was in, in Indianapolis and the Colts lost. And so they're already a game behind there. So you lose this game. Now you're two games behind, not only in the standings, but also you lose the tiebreaker here. So um, I, I think you have to say the Colts, the Colts offense is still a, a question mark for me. Last time these two teams played, excuse me. Um, Jonathan Taylor only ran for 40 yards, only averaged two yards a carry. They made Matt Ryan beat them. Ryan threw for almost 400 yards, but they still couldn't get the job done. Um, it was an inefficient 400 yards, and he's seen some of those games this year. Tennessee, on the other hand, got back to what they do best, best which is run the football. Uh, Derrick Henry had over 100. Uh, Ryan Tannehill went 17 to 21. So I think, I think that's the game plan. I think that's what the Tennessee Titans are. But the Colts have to come out and have to play well in this game. I think they do have to get this win in order for to keep their season alive. I'm not trying to say the season's over if they lose, but you fall that far behind a team like Tennessee, who I think is a good regular season team can win some games in the regular season. I think it's going to make it up an uphill climb for the Colts to get back in it. Yeah. They, Sorry, it's I'm just, be... I'm just looking at like news is just coming in left and right. So I'm just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is literally pouring in. And the good thing is most of this news that's dropping is games that we're covering. So I'm going to hold off on breaking it uh, during the show and we'll talk about the news that there's Jets news, there's Steelers news. Uh, we'll break that uh, along the way. Um, what's one play? I mean, Jonathan Taylor should be back in this game. We mentioned him in the in the injury report. He was a full participant in practice. They obviously have Derrick Henry. I asked a similar question last time we talked about this. Uh, we previewed this matchup. Uh, who do you give the edge to, Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor? Uh, right now, I think it has to be Derrick Henry. You know he's going to get the volume, and he's been on the field. He's healthy. John, uh, Jonathan Taylor, we're not sure how healthy he is. I get he's been practicing, but it's still an ankle sprain. You know, those things can linger. One roll the wrong way, and you can end up right back where you were at. Uh, Derrick Henry's been rolling. Uh, he looks to be healthy. You know they're going to get him the ball, um, even if it's more times than he should. Uh, I, I think Derrick Henry is the one that's going to come out of this game, and you're going to look at the numbers and say, yep, he had the better day. Okay. All right. I uh I'm pivoting on my pick. 
I, I have the lower made for it already, but I'm pivoting on my pick uh, just because I do, I do want to follow the, tr- oh man. Yeah. I'm going to follow the trend of team. These two, these two types of teams splitting um, their games and with the Titans winning in week four and seeing how that, that, how that, ga- how that game transpired. I do think the Colts find a way to win in this game. Um, give me the Colts here. 23, 21. Um, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be close again. I think this game is going to be close in the end. I think we talked about um, the matchup before. I think it was 24-17. I think it's another close game here. But I'm going to go with the team that I think is just better at this point. Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans, 24-21. I think Derrick Henry has another good day here. And the Colts just – it's just not enough for them. But it is close. It's a division game. I think it's a one-score game, but the Titans pull it out. Next game on our list is the New York Giants traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jags, the five and one Giants, the team that has been shocking the world, uh, travels to Jacksonville to take on the two and four Jaguars after their the Jaguars uh, stretch of what like two ga- those those two wins that they had. We were all on the Jaguars hype train, and they've been kind of disappointing the past two weeks. Uh, but they are favored in this matchup here by three points uh, with an over under of forty three. Is this is this disrespectful to the Giants or like is this more? I see, I see, I see. You got excited. I see you're excited about the Jaguars being favored. Um, maybe a little. No, I'm not. Actually, maybe a little I, shocked. Maybe a little no, shocked. I, yeah, I uh, am shocked. I don't. I don't think. And, and uh, sorry to take your thunder. I am shocked at this. I don't think the Jaguars should be favored in this game. I oh, think yeah, we're. You should. I, I, this is what this is what I try to tell you, Vinny. Like this is the NFL. So the margin of victory. The margin of of difference between these teams is razor thin. We look at blowouts and we think that's the NFL. The NFL is not that. The NFL is a one-score game. And if you look at it in that perspective, uh, an offense that hasn't produced very much in the Giants, uh, a team that's on the rise, that's been playing, you know, kind of up and down, but has some that has some moments here in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's at home. It's a tough place to play uh, because of the heat and all that stuff that goes into that environment in Florida. And then you put it at three. They basically have this game as a pick em right now. Jacksonville is only favored because of the home team at this, at this point in time. Handicappers are smart. They, they, they look at everything. And I'm not saying they're always right. Obviously, they're not. But I'm okay with Jacksonville being favored in this game. This is, this is one of those five-and-one teams where they can lose to the Jaguars. They can lose to, to a team that's up and coming and, and ascending. And um, I'll be honest. I think this is going to be a very close defensive game. And if the Jaguars win, would it surprise me? No. The Giants win, would it surprise me? No. But the one thing I will say that I really do like in this game, I love the Jacksonville defense being able to get to Daniel Jones. Uh, I like the matchup of Trayvon Walker and those boys and Josh Allen. Is Josh Allen playing? Pretty sure he's not hurt, right? Okay. So um, I, I like that matchup of those two being able to get some pressure on Daniel Jones. The key is going to be up the middle. Can the Jaguars, when they get that pressure from the edge, push that pocket up the middle and not allow Daniel Jones to escape. If you do not allow Daniel Jones to get out on the move, his game is completely different. Their efficiency is completely different. Saquon will have a nice day here because Jacksonville's not great against the run, uh, but I, I do think Saquon will have a nice day. But it's not going to be enough if if you can stop Daniel Jones from extending plays and making plays with his legs. I think Jacksonville has a good shot at this. Yeah, I... I... 
I, I understand I what you're saying with the I no 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 I no no I'm I'm being I'm not I'm not being on one side here. I'm trying to split this right down the middle. And I get what you're saying with the fact that they are giving the edge to the Jaguars because they are the home team, um, which is fair. You know, we talk about Miami all the time about how it's so tough to play there because the heat, the humidity, and everything that goes on there. Um, it's not there's there's no difference when it comes to Jackson. I mean, it's a little little colder there uh, in Jacksonville, but there really isn't that big of a difference and I get it. The home field advantage, whatever. I, but, but you're, you're, you're saying you don't understand it, but you're basing it off of what? Like just the records. I don't under, I don't understand. I think the giants have been the better team this year. I think the the giants have been the better team. Obviously the records matter. Winning games matters. Um, and really I under what my biggest thing in this game, what I'm following a lot and my storyline for this game is how the Jaguars handle the pressure that is going to be brought by uh, that gi- gi- that Giants defense, one of the most pressure, one of the highest rated pressure rates uh, in the NFL from a defensive side in the Giants, and Trevor Lawrence has been has struggled against the pre- uh, has struggled against the blitz this year. Um, at times, especially in the last game against the Colts, you look at that, look back at that game and how flustered Trevor Lawrence looked at times. It was it was tough, and the Giants have a better pass rush. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau's heating up. Um, I'm excited to see Kayvon Thibodeau against Trayvon Walker in this game. Like who, which rookie pass rusher, um, has the better day. Um, but my, my storyline to watch is that, is that pass rush of the giants against the offensive line and Trevor Lawrence. I said it at the beginning of the season. One of the things I'm watching for, uh, from Lawrence this season is his ability to improvise and get out of the pocket, find and make plays. We talk about first round picks the expectations of those players his second year. I know we kind of chalk up his first year because of our Meyer and call it quits on that. Um, but I wanted to start seeing Trevor Lawrence go out, step out of the pocket, make some plays, uh, have that kind of game changing ability as a first overall pick and the expectations that we had for him. Um, this is the type of game. I want to see that you're going to be pressured a lot. Highest you're on mute. Oh, I was gonna say good luck with that. Cause they're not gonna, they're not gonna let him out of the pocket. When they when Wait Martindale blitzes, go ask Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I no, th- it's that's a what different I think. style of blitz. It, it's it's not easy. It's not going to be easy for the Jaguars' offensive line. It's not going to be easy for the Jaguars in this game. Hence, why I have the Giants winning this one, nineteen to fourteen, uh, low scoring game. Uh, I think the Giants do win a close matchup. Another game where the Jaguars, similar to what we've said in the past in the beginning of the season. Like, okay, the Jaguars are going to keep every game competitive. They're going to be in it till the end. This is one of those games. Giants win, though, 19 to 14. Yeah, I'm taking the home team here. I'm taking the Jags. Um, I think we don't give enough credit to home field advantage in the NFL often, um, even when good teams are playing bad teams or good teams are playing below average teams. Um, there's a reason why the Niners can go into Atlanta and lose. Uh, that That's – there's yeah. no rhyme or reason. I don't care about injuries. I don't – with injuries, the 49ers are a better football team than the Atlanta Falcons. And the Atlanta Falcons won that game because they were at home. They were comfortable. They did what they stuck with their game plan. And I think that's what you get here with the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars find a way to win this one. Um, I think there's there's weapons on that Jacksonville team. And if they can utilize those weapons to get their, get their offense in favorable situations, it'll allow that defense to play the way they did against the Chargers, um, against the Colts the first time around. I'm taking the Jaguars in this one, 26-23. All righty. 
The next game on our list, it's the Cleveland Browns at two and four traveling to Baltimore to take on their AFC North rival in the Ravens at three and three Baltimore's favorite in this one uh, by six and a half with a nice over under 45 and a half points. Uh, two teams battling at the well, one team's not at the top of the, the AFC North, but they're not they're not far behind. We talk about when Deshaun Watson gets back, they might be around that t- that conversation. Um, but the Ravens, let's let's talk about the Ravens and, and their season so far. Uh, what have you made from what what the Ravens have done this season? Obviously, three and three. They've had some tough matchups, but some some may say that they have not been performing up to the the expectations that we had for them at the beginning of the season. Yeah, the last couple of weeks have been a struggle, especially uh, for Lamar Jackson. But, you know, they're up and down. They've won one, lost one, won one, lost one. They caught Miami and when they were hot um, and they came back on them. Obviously, we looked at that game and we say, oh, no, they blew, they've blown leads. Um, but, I, I mean, look, they lost to, to three teams. Number one, Miami was undefeated at the time. The Bills obviously are a good team. They haven't really lost but one game. And then the Giants ever, have only lost once. And it was last week. And, it was again, it was a, it was a late – turnover by Lamar Jackson two of them actually that cost them that game they're they're can't get out of their own way that's really what it is they've been they've been kind of getting in their own way making un, untimely and, and costly mistakes and I'm sorry but I don't buy it I don't I don't buy this is the true Baltimore Ravens I don't buy that Lamar Jackson is this player um, I'm going to side on the on the the history of what this team has been and what Lamar Jackson has been and say that this probably doesn't continue um, I think Lamar Jackson's a good enough player to fix those mistakes and correct those decision-making errors that he's had at the end of games, and they'll get it right. We talked about how much talent they have, but they're not very good. Um, Jacoby Brissett's been turning the football over. This should be a get-right game for this Baltimore Ravens defense, and I think Lamar Jackson gets right and, and starts to to use his legs, finds a way to make some plays offensively. Maybe you get Rashad Bateman back, maybe you don't, but I think Baltimore um, is going to step up this game and, and figure it out. Any concern for? Uh, I'm not going to even get into that. No, there's no point. Two rushing attacks in the in, in for for the Browns and the Ravens that are atop of the NFL. Uh, the Browns lead the NFL in uh, yards per game, rushing yards per game. The Ravens lead in yards per rush attempt. Which do which defense is more susceptible? Which defense do you see faltering uh, more to the the rushing attack in this game? Uh, I mean, it's got to be Cleveland. If you if you look back to uh, the game that Austin Eckler had against the Cleveland Browns, he single handedly put them in the bottom half of the league in uh, in rush defense. They're giving up over 130 yards a game on the ground. Baltimore Ravens have always been known, even when they were not good, they have always been known to have a tough run defense. They're top ten in the league, uh, giving up just a little bit over 100 yards a game combined. Um, now I don't. I still think Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt will be able to get some stuff done, but Stefanski's got to commit to it. I told you last week how disappointed I was in the Cleveland Browns' ability to run the football uh, against the New England Patriots, and it's like they didn't try. You have two of the best running backs in football, arguably two number ones, and you decide not to give them enough touches. So if you want Jacoby to Brissett to go win you games, good luck. I'm not saying he sucks, but he's not that type of quarterback, so they need to lean on Nick Chubb. Um, I think the the – I think the benefit has to go to the, the Baltimore Ravens run game. And I know J.K. Dobbins might be uh, banged up a bit. You got a Kenyon Drake, yeah. but you have Lamar Jackson. And that yep. changes everything because that's the difference maker. That, that's all you need. That is all you need. Who you got in this game? Yeah, I'm going to take Baltimore in this game. I just think they're they're too much. And I think they that defense of Cleveland has just been underwhelming. Uh, give me Baltimore pretty big in this one. I think they put up some points. I think they get back on track. I'll take them 34 to 20. Yeah, I have Baltimore as well. I have 31-24 in this matchup. I think Baltimore is just too good. I think that offense uh, looks good. 
Lamar Jackson gets right here. Uh, like you said, I, I do believe in that narrative uh, and the Ravens win this one 31 24 and the Browns are just holding on trying to hold on until Deshaun Watson comes back. The next game on our list, it's the New York Jets traveling to Denver to take on the Broncos. The Jets at four and two, the Broncos two and four on the flip side of that. The Jets actually favored in this matchup by one point, a one point favorite in this game with an over under of 38 points. This is going to be, this is expected to be a low scoring affair uh, with the Jets being favored and given that, I don't, I don't, I guess you can't consider that's a slight edge because like you say before, it's you get that three points roughly if you're home team and then the Jets are actually favored by one. Maybe it's a little bit more than just a one point favorite for the Jets here. Uh, but inside the matchup here, what's the what what, what storyline are you following here? Uh, let's start. Let's start. Let's just talk about the Jets. Though. I want to give them their 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 due because they're at four and two. They've been playing well. A storyline here you're watching for uh, within the New York Jets. Yeah, I mean, we've given the Jets their due. We've been one of them. We've been actually the Sac City has been on the forefront of promoting the Jets since the offseason. I said it early in the offseason. I felt like this team was better. Um, I felt like they were going to be better than the New England Patriots in the AFC East. I, I talked about it preseason. So we've given the Jets their due, and they've done exactly what they needed to do, specifically in the run game. They've been able to allow Zach Wilson to come back and just play football, manage the game, and not have to come out and worry about being some gunslinger. I got to go win the game and be this franchise guy in year one or year two uh, of this offense. So um, I think the best thing that they did was go out and add a Brees Hall, um, somebody that can compliment a Michael Carter. They work hand like you know they work hand in hand. And then it, despite what's going on with Elijah, uh, if they're not using those weapons, the weapons are there. Um, you can throw in guys. They re-signed Braxton Berrios. They brought in um, some more defensive players. Sauce Gardner has been helping that defense, uh, acting like a shutdown corner in year one. The Jets and Robert Sala have changed the culture, and I think that's the biggest difference between what they were the previous years and now being four and two. And I think that this continues this week. They're not getting blown out. Nope. They're they're playing games close. They're in every game. Uh, I think that continues. And the way Denver's been playing. Oof. Yeah, the way Denver has been playing has not been good. Um, a little Jets note here. I so saw we said we had some breaking news pop up during the show. Uh, Robert Saw has come out and said that Elijah Moore will not be playing in this game. So Elijah Moore, the wide receiver who asked for his trade, uh, the Jets say they don't have any plans to trade him. Um, but either way, they will not be playing Elijah Moore on Sunday against the Broncos. So interesting storyline to follow there. Russell Wilson in this game, battling injury. Um, let, let's let's go into that side of things. What do we expect to see from him if he plays? And if he doesn't play, what are we going to see from the Broncos? Well, first of all, Russell Wilson's going to play. All right, um, so what do we expect no, Russell didn't Wilson? You, didn't you not listen to the press conference? He's got Wolverine blood. I try what? not to listen to any Russell. Like, even when I'm covering it for work, I'm like, I don't want to listen to a Russell Wilson press conference. Uh, I mean, there's something to be said. Russell Wilson's missed two, two games in, or three games in his entire career. His entire career. His entire career. He's not missing games, um, unless it's barring some crazy incident. Um, this, it's one thing about Russell Wilson that I do respect. He might come across as cheesy and, you know, that positive, optimistic person. But the dude does battle, and he's always on the field, and I like that about him. Uh, so he's going to play in this game. He's just got to be better. 
He's got to be better. If he wants to be known and as this guy that's a franchise guy, future Hall of Famer, whatever people want to say about him, he can't go out like this now. Like we're he'll never get that credit. He'll never get the credit. I get it. He's 34 years old, but he's 34 years old at the quarterback position. And you spent 10 years in, in Seattle. And for the last what, five, six, it was your team. And you didn't get your team past the first round of the playoffs. Like that's a problem. So now we're in the sense of we, we loved Russell Wilson because he was a winner. And I still think he can win games. I still think he's a winner. He doesn't need to win anymore. He needs to show that he's a franchise quarterback. And if not, then it's a failure. And I said that at the beginning of the season. I said he's under the most pressure out of any quarterback in the NFL, the most, because he has more to prove than anybody else. And if he falls short of competing for titles year in and year out while he's in Denver, then it's an epic failure and the experiment didn't work. Simple as that. I want to pick the Jets in this game so bad. Like, I can't tell you how bad I wanted to pick the Jets in this game. I do have Denver winning 23-20. I think it's another close matchup, uh, low-scoring game. They do hit the over, though. Um, but I I think that, man, I, like I said, if the I want to pick the Jets so bad. I just think this the Denver Broncos defense, there's something to be said about it. And I think that they end up being the difference maker here. Uh, in this game, getting to Zach Wilson a little bit, stopping the run. The Jets have been very good with Brees Hall as of late. I think this is where it kind of go, goes on hold because of how good the Broncos defense has been this season. Um, but I tell you what, man, if the Jets go in here, go into Denver and win this week, um, I, 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 I will have to look up the, the rest of the Jets schedule, but I will be picking the Jets. Uh, a lot more if they can go in here and get this win. Cause just now I know I, I get where Denver is offensively, but if this offense for the jets can beat this Denver Broncos defense, I'm going to, the jets are, are moving up much higher into, in my personal power rankings uh, than where they were this week. What about you? I mean, how, how are you disrespecting me? How, where did I put the jets? No, I no 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 no. I said my personal power ranking. I know, but you said they're moving way up. Like like we didn't have power rankings that were already up. Uh, my, we, my, we we talked about them during the power ranking show, and they were already high for both yes. of us. I know they're my power rankings, but I mean, how high are you willing to put them if they win this game? Tell us. I, I, don't, don't. I'm I'm willing to let me. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna travel back here and see where you have them uh, in behind the, the screen. Rankings. Oh my god! I, I missed that whole thing. I froze. Oh, okay, I, I said I was I going was to look and see where you have the Jets. So you have the Jets right now at 14. The Jets would be a top 10 team. Oh, hell no. The you Jets can't do that. No, no, the, no. Vinny, uh, sorry. you can't sit there sorry, and bash no, no. the Broncos. If, they, if, the Jets, and, if the Jets win this game, the Jets will be 11 on, my, on the power rankings. The, like, based off of where your power rankings are, the Jets would be higher than the Rams, Titans, and Chargers if they beat the Broncos. And Even that's not because teams that's win? not that's not because know. of the way Russell Wilson and this offense is. That's not the way that's not because of how much I've been bashing the Broncos. It has everything to do with how like the Jets defense is good. Like that, they're like okay. they're very good. Sauce Gardner's good. They're good on defense. My concern is this offense when they play a solid defense and the Denver Broncos are that solid defense. There's no question mark. How, how does that change? How does that change if they win 19 to 13 or 17, 13, because the Broncos can't score. How, are you saying if they win, you're not saying how they win. You're saying if they win, 
If they win, the Jets are moving up on my power rankings. <laughs> if they win, the Jets are moving up on my power yeah, rankings. You're so. Uh, I didn't say they couldn't move up, but I'm saying how much you're gonna move them up. If you're going yeah. to 11 because they beat because they beat the Broncos, yeah, they have to do that in a convincing. Their offense has to play in a convincing fashion. Otherwise, they look exactly the same when they beat the Steelers or or last week when they beat the Packers. Yeah. I mean, they beat the Packers too, and that's arguably. Would you take the Packers or Broncos right now? You're taking the Packers still. I know you would. And so I don't know. I just, it's just when you say that them playing the Broncos is going to be the kind of the, the thing that well, gets them over it, the it, edge. It, I don't know. It is me. It is me wrapping my head around the fact that this defense for the Broncos is very good and the offense for the Jets, I'm still like not completely sold on uh, being able to win them football games. Um, and I think if they win this football game, it'll be because of the offense. And yeah, it's fair. Jets. I would J- argue. But but I do have I the argue, Denver Broncos. I, I would I would argue, but I don't want to argue. I would argue that the Jets' offense has won them three of their four games. They in the fourth quarter, they're the best fourth quarter team in the NFL. So just it is. Saying. You're right. It is hard to argue that point. But like I, I just I'm not completely sold on on that offense. I'm just there's just something I'm not buying into yet. Something I'm not sure what. Sometimes we don't have I don't have logic to, behind any I know. of my things that I say. I know. I know. Who you got? I got the Broncos in this one. Uh, I'm with you. I, I am with you. I, I I wasn't trying to argue that point with you because I actually agree. I think there's still something not clicking about this offense. And now you tell me Elijah Moore is not playing. Um, it's going to put more on Garrett Wilson, more on Corey Davis, more on Braxton Berrios, guys like that. So um, give me the Broncos. I really like that elite defense. I still think they struggle offensively until I see a good offensive yeah. game from the Broncos for four quarters. They're not going to score many points for me. So I have the Broncos holding off because of that defense, 1917. Yeah, and I feel like no matter what, if the Broncos, whatever, however the Broncos win this game, they'll probably stay the same in my in my personal power rankings. Uh, well, maybe not. I don't want that. Just not gonna say that. Not gonna not gonna <laughs> shoot myself in the foot again. Um, all right, we both have the Broncos here. We're riding with them. Next game on our list, it's the Houston Texans at one three and one traveling to Las Vegas to take on another one win team in the Raiders. They are one and four. They're favored in this matchup by seven points with an over under of 45 and a half here. You already know what time it is. It's, it's dog time. How do we not have, we got uh, Tyler. If you're watching this, we need Josh Jacobs B roll. I don't care what it Just give me every week, week by week, a new updated highlight package of Josh Jacobs, the dog of Josh Jacobs. But Hey, there's another dog on the other side here for the Houston Texans, and that's Damian Pierce. Which running back are you riding with to have the better game here, Pierce or Jacobs? Both of them. Both of them. 22 carries, 136 yards, and a Both touchdown. Of Both of them. Because oh Bainbridge Pierce from right here in Bainbridge, Georgia, <laughs> is a straight dog. This is just two dogs. It's a dog fight. We better call Michael Vick. Get his ass here. Oh, Look, Jesus Christ. Listen, listen. <laughs> These are two dogs that are going to – Pierce is a straight bowling ball. He runs over everybody, does not care. It's He's one of the best running backs that we've seen coming out of Georgia. Uh, this is what he does. He's he's a pure runner. Thank you for, for not using him at Florida. Low, low mileage. The man's going to be able to run for five years before he gets, you know, wears down a little bit. And then on the other end, Josh Jacobs. This is, man, I out of anything I've ever said on this show since, since the beginning of the season where I take all my victory laps, I am most proud so far through, through six weeks of this one because yep. everybody, everybody was so down on Josh Jacobs. I mean, 
the disrespect the man was receiving was out of this world. And I kept telling people, I don't see it. I don't know what everybody's talking about. He is a dog. And he's got a week off. He got to rest up. He got to eat a lot, a lot of doggy bones, a lot of doggy treats in his house. And he ready. And he ready. And he's going up against one of the worst run defenses in football. I expect this to be a run heavy, both on both teams, offensive football game. And then the difference being the Raiders got the guys on the outside to go make plays. I know Darren Waller's probably not going to play, but you get Devontae Adams out there. Hunter Renfro still there. Um, I think that's the difference in this game, but I'm looking for both teams to rely heavily on that run game. Well, Hunter Renfro might not be there. We don't know if Hunter Renfro is going to play in this game. We don't know if Darren Waller is going to be in this game. I, I doubt yeah. Darren Waller is going to be there. I believe, okay, I, I believe that Hunter Renfro is going to play, but um, that, may, that may be a question mark. Either way, they got Devontae Adams. It's still the best weapon on the outside from either team. Yeah, e- either way, they have Devontae Adams, and they still have the dog of Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs in his last two games has been unreal. 175 yards in week four, 193 yards in week five two touchdowns in week four, a touchdown last week. He has been an absolute dog. Uh, that, that's that been, I mean, that's just how it is, and I'm very excited to own Josh Jacobs in fantasy football. Uh, who you got in this matchup? Well, I'm glad what's I was this, able to sport? sell you. I'm glad yep, I was able you, to sell hey, you preseason. You, and- you sold me, and that was, a, that was a pure sell on Josh Jacobs in the preseason because at, at draft time, I was in sold, cash my ticket on Josh Jacobs. I have him in so many leagues now. I didn't draft him in our league, but I traded for him in our league. Um, it, it, it was... it's, sometimes it does suck doing this, doing a show like this because I give away a lot of my secrets. Um, it's unfortunate, but but that's part of it. That's that's the job you got to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Raiders in this one. I think they can get their offense going. Um, I, listen, they're the best one in four team in the NFL, and and I get it. But I still think this team is better than the Broncos. I still think this team is better than the Chargers, and I know it's one in four. And I know it doesn't look good right now, but I have a sneaky suspicion this team can get on a run somewhere here in the next couple of weeks. And I think it starts Sunday against Houston. Um, and next thing you know, the, the Raiders might be 500 in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to, I'm going to try and look up the last one and four team uh, to make the playoffs. That's, that's what I want to look up here. Cause that's, I, do you think, do you think they could, do you think this team could be a one and four playoff team or well, Obviously, one and four doesn't get you into the playoffs, but you I, know what I, mean. I I think they can be one of those teams that in a couple of weeks are sitting at five hundred, and we're like, wow, they really went on a run, and then trying to make that late push for a playoff spot. I really do. With the if you look at the parity around the league, how many three and three teams there are, how many two and four teams there are, compared to how many four and two teams there are, there is they're really two games back, <clears throat> and especially in the AFC, when you look at it, you got the Chiefs, you got the Bills, you have. Everybody else is at three wins and the Jets are at four wins and the Chargers are at four wins. So there's four teams there that are at four wins. We obviously talked about where the Raiders stack up against those those teams. Everybody else is at three or two wins. You're just a couple of games back. And every week it's like teams are losing, teams are winning. It's like this. It's not, there's no steady team that's really just climbing and getting three out of four, three out of four, three out of four. It's, it's, I think the Raiders have a good shot to by week I don't know, 12, 13, we look up and they're they're a they're a 500 football team. I they can win their next seven, six games. They literally could. Houston, the Saints, Jacksonville, Indy, Denver, and Seattle. Are we surprised if the Raiders go six and oh over the next six weeks? Nope. Nope. Not at all. They're six and four going to play the Chargers. Like yeah. uh, it could could be. And even if you lose, <clears throat> 
say you go five and one or even four and two there, right? That's that's a different that's a different look uh, for the Raiders, and I think it starts on Sunday. And I think that they had a buy at the right time for this team. You know, a lot of times teams like the later buy, they had the buy right at the right time for them. And I think that they can come out of it. They got another week to get that offense rolling and they come out of it. And, and I think they get it rolling this week. Since 1978, the, um, since 1978, only seven teams uh, have made the playoffs after starting one and four. The Raiders definitely could do that. And they do get the dub in my eyes this week. They win 27, 20, over the Texans, like you said, I think it's just the weapons on the outside that make the difference in this game. Both running backs are going to eat. I have both running backs on my fantasy team in this game. I'm excited to watch that in Josh Jacobs and Damian Pierce. The next game on our list is the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Well, that's not really how that's disrespectful. Um, the Chargers, Seahawks, both teams enter this game at three and three. The Chargers get the edge uh, five point favorites here with an over under of 50 points. Both defenses here in this matchup have not been performing well, especially the Chargers defense that we hoped would be better has not been better. And Aaron, you can, uh, you can ride that train again of, of, of talking about how you said that you wanted to see if the Chargers defense can do it. You're not botting, buy, buying in yet uh, at the beginning of the season. You're not sold. You want to see it come from the show me state. They have not showed you this season, right? Yeah, no, bottom bottom 10 and run defense, which is what their weakness was last year. And I, I wish AJ was here today. And I know he's dealing with that a lot. Shout out prayers up for AJ. But I did tell him, I'm from the show me state. You got to show me that the names match the production and the Chargers defense haven't lived up to it. Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. Great, great, great. Drew Tranquil. Great. All these there, whatever. I don't know. They, they go sign JC Jackson. Uh, Sebastian Joseph, like all great names, but show me on the field that you can produce. And week after week after week for the past forever, they've fallen short defensively. And this is the problem I have with the Chargers. Brandon Staley is supposed to be a defensive minded guy. It, it bothers me so much that he doesn't have this defense locked in. You are a defensive minded guy. If anything is supposed to work on this team, it's supposed to be the defense. And right now they are the they are a shortcoming of this squad. So, yeah, I have serious doubts about their defense, but they're playing the Seahawks, and the Seahawks are kind of this team that we still don't feel is very great. But they do have their offense has been playing pretty well. So uh, maybe they do give the Chargers some trouble here. Uh, but I I also want to I also want to point this out, and this is uh, this is on the offensive side for the Chargers. When do we stop giving, when do we stop putting Justin Herbert on a pedestal? I've been wondering that same thing for last year, supposed to be the MVP. You know, Sherm, if you're watching still, you're supposed to be the MVP. Um, This year, Chargers are going to the Super Bowl, supposed to be the MVP. Justin Herbert is starting to feel a lot. And I hate to say this because I am, I think I have him still better than this, but he's starting to feel a lot like Kirk Cousins. Um, a lot of hollow, a lot of emptiness in his stats, um, puts up great numbers, but at the end of the day, doesn't win. And if you look at how he does it, it's, it's phenomenal. It's more electric than a Kirk Cousins. Electric, but, I get it, because he plays for the Chargers. You like that? Uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, he, he doesn't really win all that much. Like, I mean, he's 4-2 now, so good, so good, good on them. But if you look at his record, as a quarter. 
in his career, he's 19 and 19. He's a 500 quarterback. That's, that's, what do you, what do you what what do you what is special about that? that on one hand, we we praise Jimmy Garoppolo and all these guys for winning, but then we're going to praise Justin Herbert for being average. You know what Kirk Cousins' career record is? Sixty four and sixty, about five hundred. Like that's what Kirk Cousins is with a lot of great numbers. So I'm I still think Justin Herbert's better. I think that ceiling is much higher. But we have to pump the brakes on putting him in the same breath the same category, the same sentence, or even the same conversations as Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. And I include Josh Allen, who has won Super Bowls, but he's won. His records, he wins games, regardless of when those things are. Uh, We have to pump the brakes seriously on Justin Herbert and the amount of praise we've been giving him over the past three seasons. Yeah, I mean, last last week they won that game. Justin Herbert threw uh, 57 times, the most pass attempts without a touchdown in a win in NFL history. So he's not, it's, it's, it has not been good. I mean, the wide receivers though for, for the Chargers are banged up. But like you said, it's the pedestal that he's on. And if we're putting him up there, he's got to make they, everyone else. He's got to make everyone got else. Mike Williams. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. He's got Mike Williams. And also he, he has to make everyone else better around him. That's what we talk about with these high praise quarterbacks. Even, even for me being a Jaguars fan, like I look at Trevor Lawrence, I'm like, okay, at some point we have to stop saying, okay, the hope is like the like obviously I'm not out on him and I'm not out on Trevor or Justin Herbert, but at some point you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I have these expectations. I'm put up on this level. I have to make everyone else around me get to that next level too, because that's what great quarterbacks do. Talk about Patrick Mahomes. He's making Miko Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Justin Forston, or whatever his name. Like those, these type of names. Can you stop disrespecting Georgia players? It's Jody Fortson. Jody Fortson. That's it. Sorry, dog. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You just don't um, like Georgia. I don't. Didn't want to come. You didn't want to come live here. Didn't want to. No, okay. Didn't want to work. Tide. Okay. Roll Tide. Um. But it's just it's just one of those things that you have to make your players around you better. He is without Josh Palmer. He is without Keenan Allen. And maybe that makes a difference. But um, Josh Palmer has played every game. He just got hurt last game. Well, they're, they're without Josh Palmer in this game is what I is what, what, I what I'm saying is he's been out with Keenan Allen, but he's got a number one in Mike Williams, who they paid as a yes. number one. And he's yep. got other weapons. He's got Gerald Everett, DeAndre Carter, Austin Eckler. He's got weapons. I don't want to hear yeah. nothing about no weapons over in, San, yeah. uh, over in Los Angeles. In San San Diego, how, yeah. how do you have this? Uh, man, I want to talk about the uh, the the chart the Seahawks here, but I don't really want to talk about the Seahawks. It's pretty straightforward. Go Ken Walker. Uh, respect to Gino. He didn't write back. Uh, what do you got in this game? Not the Chargers in this one. I think they're just the better football team. Um, I I think they'll score enough points, and I don't think Seattle will score enough po- points. That's right. Put some respect on Jody's name. That's that boy right here. Shout out Valdosta State Blazers. You know what it is. Um, Damn. Yeah. Chargers win 27-17. I got the Chargers here as well. 34-24 high-scoring game here. Uh, defense doesn't look that great for the Chargers still, though. I think uh, Geno Smith has a good day. Uh, but fall at the end, 34-24 to the Chargers. Sunday night prime time features the Pittsburgh Steelers and a returning to a tongue of Iloa and the Miami Dolphins here. Uh, the Steelers coming off of a big win against the New England Patriots last week. They're at two and four. The Dolphins at 500 uh, right now. They are favored in this game by, by seven points with an over under of 44 
and a half. We had news come on uh, as we were doing the show that Pat Fryermuth and Kenny Pickett are on track to play in this game for the Steelers. Um, and Levi Wallace, I should say, I don't want to leave out my Alabama guy, Levi Wallace. I'm not going to disrespect him. Oh, okay. Um, so when it's a Bama dude, Levi Wallace, oh, big Levi. Shout out, got- shout out, my, shout out my dude, Levi Wallace. Um, but they're on track to play in this game. They've all cleared concussion protocol. Uh, so good news for the Miami Dolphins or for the, um, Pittsburgh Steelers front Tua also on track to play here. What do you expect to see from him, uh, in his first game back? Look, I'd be lying if I if I said I wasn't worried. Um, just because of how scary the injury was, it's just a, you don't want to see that. You're gonna every time he's gonna get ready to be taken down, you're gonna be like, don't let your head hit the ground, right? Like it, you just never know. But um, if they've cleared him and he's in the game, I think this does wonders for the Miami Dolphins' um, offense. He, I don't think it's hurt the production of guys like Tyreek Hill. Like you see him last week, he could still go for 170 yards. And by the way, I got a, I got a stat. I saw it on TikTok. Stat. Hopefully, hopefully it's true. But Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill uh, has 10, uh, he had over 10 catches and over 150 yards. And he's done it three times in Dolphins this this season already. You know, that's the most in Dolphins history. In six games, Tyreek Hill has done that three times. The next closest in the history of the entire Miami Dolphins is once. Tyreek Hill is quarterback proof. Tyreek Hill is that dude. And I told y'all Tyreek Hill can play with Tua. Tyreek Hill can play with Skylar Thompson. Can be Teddy Bridgewater. Doesn't matter. Tyreek Hill is an absolute dog. But I think with Tua back, Tua is different. Tua is an accurate quarterback who finds finds a way to put tight balls into tight coverages when they need it most. And I think this is where we need to put some respect on Tua's name. Unlike the guy over there in Los Angeles, which I talked about, Tua has a winning record, and I think that's the difference here. We want quarterbacks that want to win, but they don't always have to have the stats. 16-9 and nine as a starter for Tua, and yes, he doesn't have the huge sample size, but he's found a way to get it done. This offense is going to be a little bit more efficient with Tua at quarterback. Um, I think they like his skill set, and McDaniels has done a good job of getting his playmakers the ball. Um, I don't think it changes here. I hope that Jalen Waddles is playing in this game, but I do think the Miami Dolphins have a chance to get back to where they were after the first three weeks if Tua can come back in and stay healthy. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a big difference. Uh, highest passer rating this season, Tua, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, Patrick Mahomes in that order. <laughs> hey, one of those persons, <laughs> one of those people for sure does not belong on that list. I don't know. Three truth, three truths and a lie right there. Three truths <laughs> and a lie, but really it's it's the truth. Geno Smith is right up there. Uh, I want to I want to give a special shout out, new viewer right here. Uh, that PK oh, boy. Hold on, hold on. You, let me let me let me let me give him something to love. Hey man, I'm with you, man. This is my man crush. Hey, hey, this guy, man. Hey, yeah, man. this guy. Hey, cheese fans. Y'all better hold on to him because, hey, I'm I'm going to change Mr. Steel Mahomes. That's hey, what I'm going to try to tell the does, Cowboys does, to do. Mr. Does Steel my, Mahomes. Does my passport work for uh, the, this Mahomes train? Can I still get on it? Do, do I need, do I I I need identification? You, I told you, you, hey, come aboard. The man is is a legendary. I don't care that he lost to the Bills. Don't get me started. I don't want to go on a All rant. Right. Okay? Right. I don't want to go on a Because you know how I feel about this man right here. The Dolphins, Dolphins Steelers fans watching this video right now, and they're like, what the f- what is happening right now? This is supposed to – I come here for Dolphins content. I come here for Steelers content, not to hear about Patrick Mahomes haunting uh, my my dreams here, haunting my nightmares, haunting my games. 
but you do get two back Dolphins fans. So this is, this is good news for you on the Steelers side of things though. They get Kenny Pickett back at quarterback. What do you hope? Not, I'm changing the question here. Normally I ask, what do you expect to see? What do you hope to see from Kenny Pickett against the, the Miami Dolphins defense on Sunday night? Well, it was a concussion, so I think if they cleared him, he should be good to go. Uh, but hopefully his baby hands can hold on to the football and not turn it over, because that's really what it's about. It's about these hands that are right behind me, them little itty-bitty baby hands. If I, I, I've liked what I've seen from Kenny Pickett. You know how I was kind of down on him. I didn't think there was a first-round quarterback in this draft. I thought that they should have waited. Uh, but it's no different than playing Mitch Trubisky, really. I just want to see him continue to progress. I want him to be able to push the ball down the field. It looks like they're allowing him to do a lot more than they were with Mitch Trubisky, or with Mitch Trubisky, which is a little bit disappointing because I hate that mindset. You were trying to be safe with Mitch Trubisky, but you're going to allow your rookie to come out and sling it. That's fine. That's what you need to see. But I, I, I do like what I've seen from him. I think he has a lot of poise. I think he's going to stand in there and take his lumps, but it's in Miami against a really good team. That secondary is, is tough, even though they haven't played um, that well, I think that I think Kenny Pickett's going to have to drop back and make some throws. And um, it's a Sunday night football game. His first primetime action is he really going to is he really going to be like that? We're going to find out what the Pittsburgh boy is made of, and I mean Pittsburgh the college, um, not Pittsburgh the Steelers. But we're going to find out what he's made of um, this Sunday night. I, I think this is a good game. I think the Dolphins are getting healthy, and and the Steelers. Mike Tomlin, I told you, best coach, uh, found a way to get it done even yep. despite their lack of talent. On, on that team. And um, I, I do think this is going to be a good Sunday night football game, despite what we feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dolphins get the win though. 24, 19. Uh, I think Tua coming back helps a lot. And the difference of Tyreek Hill and the explosiveness of Miami's offense is the difference in this game. Brian Flores, revenge game. Brian Flores, revenge game. Uh, there it is. They decided to get it out there right there. Uh, doesn't matter though. Dolphins win this game 31 14. I think Tua being back, I think they just let it fly. I think they roll here. Uh, we've seen that we've, we saw the Bills beat up on the Steelers defense before. I don't see a 40 burger coming out of this one, uh, but I do see a 30 spot. And uh, 31 14 is my final score. Dolphins win. Uh, sorry, Steelers fans. Uh, next game on the list. Do you want to get into the next game or you want to dive into the comments? I see you looking at, I, I feel like you're looking at the comments here. Uh, I don't care. I don't care what we get into, man. I only got, I got about, I got about 10 minutes left before I have and we to got the fi- and, and don't worry, this game will take two minutes because the final game that we're covering, it's the Chicago bears. It's the new England Patriots on Monday night football. Another, well, interesting contest. Uh, for Monday Night Football. It is the return of Bailey Zappi in a Patriots game where they're favored seven and a half points with an ugly over-under of 39 and a half. This is, again, the return of Mac Jones. Uh, Don't ever say Bailey Zappi's name instead of Mac Jones. You said the return of Bailey Zappi. I wish it was the return of Bailey Zappi because Bailey Zappi is the better quarterback. Bailey Zappi should be starting for the Patriots. I'm convinced. I don't care about Mac Jones anymore. All the Patriots fans that are in the comments, that are in the YouTube chat, from last week, I feel you. Most of the people that are in that chat were have been very quiet about Mac Jones. Very, very quiet. The Bailey Zappi stand started to come out. Now that Mac Jones is back, we're going to find out. And yes, Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones is smart. Listen, he sat at home. And I want, Vinny, you got to get the New England schedule ready. So uh, in a minute. Ba- Bailey Zappi was playing, throwing for 300 yards, winning games. 
And then Mac Jones was at home with nursing his ankle with his ankle wrapped with his foot up on a pedestal or whatever. And then he said, let me look at my our schedule. Oh, no, we play the Bears next week. Bailey Zappi is going to get to play them. Hmm. I guess I better heal up real quick because if Bailey Zappi has another 300-yard game, that's going to be a problem. But what Mac Jones did not know, what he didn't know, what he didn't take into consideration, he just looked at the record of the Chicago Bears. And he said, oh, no, this is not a good team. We're going to end up having to have Bailey Zappi be our starting quarterback. But what he did not know is he's coming back against the number three pass defense in all of the NFL and the Chicago Bears. And when Mac Jones fails on Monday night football against the Chicago Bears, they're going to give him one more chance. They're going to say, you know what, it was his first game back, but he didn't play well. And the Patriots, they, they still ended up finding a way to win the game, but he didn't play well. So they're going to give him one more chance. He's going to go to New York, and Sauce Gardner is going to snatch two interceptions from Mac Jones. And then by week nine, Bill Belichick's going to go, you know what, to hell with this guy. Bailey Zappi, you're the starter for the rest of the year. The Indianapolis Colts game, if Mac Jones doesn't get through that game, Mark my words, by week 11, Bailey Zappi is the starter for the New England Patriots. You heard it here first. We tried telling everybody. Hey. We tried telling everybody. We're going to clip that that video of us. Well, it's already clipped, actually. I'm pretty sure it's it's the same. It's like it's the same thing. Like, it's there. Like, that's the thing. Like, we tried telling everybody that Bailey Zappi was going to start this season, and now it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen uh, if Mac Jones fails. But in this game – I don't know about him failing here. Um, this is a game where, oh, 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 oh. You are oh. underestimating the Chicago Bears' pass defense. Go look at the numbers. No, Chicago no, Bears no, 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 have no, the no, best, no, like no, no, one of no, the no, best no, no. pass defenses I, in the NFL. I don't think it's going to be an easy game for Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it's going to be an easy game at all for pa Patrick Jesus Mahomes. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want to get on the train. Oh I'm trying to get God. on the train. He's Wait, in my did mind. You just, did you I just can't get him off my mind. Patrick Mahomes. I can't get him off my mind. I can't get Patrick Mahomes off my mind. I'm sorry. You're frozen. Oh, my God. My computer just froze because it can't take that kind of blasphemy. Yeah, I apologize. You just used Patrick Mahomes' name instead of Mac Jones. I can't. Oh I can't God. get him off my mind. I can't get him off my mind. I need to, I, I got, I got, oh, I got to tell my wife, babe, I got to get a Patrick Mahomes jersey right now. Stay in your lane. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, I will quit the show if you come on here with a Patrick Mahomes jersey. You will not oh, taint no that way. man's name like that. You will not taint that man's name like that. <laughs> you do not get to do that. I didn't. It, Stay in your didn't, lane, bro. Biggest blunder on the show right there. Biggest hey, I don't fight. I don't fight over story. women, but I'll fight over Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> don't, <laughs> stay, stay in your lane, bro. He's on my mind. I just can't get Patrick Mahomes out of my mind. Oh, my goodness. Mac Jones in this game. I'm not saying he's going to have that great of a game. I do respect the Bears' defense more in this game. Um, but I don't – like, I. the reason I said that is I don't think that this is the game where we're like, oh, Mac Jones isn't the guy because he's going to get the win. And that's what, that's what Bill Belichick cares about the most is just winning. And that's why when we pulled up the schedule – when you look at the rest of those games, the Jets game and the Colts game, they could end up losing those games and they be four and five entering the bye week. And then we're like, okay, it's Zapster time. Um, I just, I, from a Bears side of things, is do we, do nope. we just ask the same question? No, nope. nope, let's just let's just do this right now. Let's pick. Let's pick. What, what do you got? Uh, give give your pick. Give your pick. Okay, give I was going pick. with your pick. Nope, that pick is wrong. We're gonna change oh. that. I, I'm done. I'm done. I. You know what? I'm not taking the Patriots in this game. I, you, you can put your pick up there. My, I don't care. I'm not Patriots taking the Patriots. 18-10. It's an ugly game. 
Patriots aren't winning this game. I'm going to say it right now. I was going to take Chicago if this was in Chicago. I originally took the Patriots because it was in New England. But the more I thought about it, you know what? I'm going all out. I'm all in. I'm putting all my chips. I'm shoving them into the middle of the table here. Mac Jones has two interceptions or two touchdowns of five interceptions on the year. He hasn't played good. Um, he's going against one of the best pass defenses. The Chicago Bears are going to go into Foxborough on Monday night football. And by the third quarter, the third quarter, you are going to hear Foxborough saying, we want Bailey. Or maybe even, we want Zapster. Hey, You're going to hear ready. it. Mon Monday night, Bailey Zappy's name will be chanted from the Foxborough faithful it, on Monday night football, live on ESPN. Shameless plug for ESPN. You're, hey, you heard hey, it here. no free I, ads here. I'm telling you right now, Monday night, the Patriots fans are going to be chanting Bailey Zappi's name to come into the game, and the Chicago Bears will go into Foxborough and win that game 23-16. to 16. We're going to get that slow chant of Zappi, 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 Zappi. You, and do, then, and you do realize this is what happens in this league. The minute there's a glimmer of hope, right, they see something. And Zappi's last game was great. He played excellent. Mac Jones comes back and fails, mark my words, that crowd will be clamoring because it's not to a good team. If this was like the, the Ravens or somebody, you probably don't hear it. But if he throws two or three picks against the Bears, who have a great secondary, really do, but nobody knows about it because they're such a bad team. If he comes and does that, it's going to be pandemonium in Foxborough. Mark my words, the zappy zapster Mr. Bailey Zappi himself, the man who cried on draft night with his agent on the phone because he was the quarterback <laughs> taken one round after Malik Willis, didn't expect it. Bill Belichick, he has a history of this shit. Bailey Zappi's name chanted, and the Chicago Bears beat the Patriots 23-16 to on Monday Night Football. I have a feeling that Bailey Zappi's going to be really good in the preseason. I, I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. I, I really do. I hope he gets an opportunity in the preseason to play a lot because – I'm not saying he's pushing Mac Jones out. I, I, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but how dare you? I think there's going to be a conversation at some point with how good he's look, he looks in the preseason that they are going to bump him above Hoyer, who's a veteran, been there a long time, and you can always start him from wherever he's at on the depth chart. And that if at any point in time Mac Jones struggles, there's going to be something in the back of Bill, Bill Belichick's mind saying, do I have Brady 2.0? There is, there was no reason, there was no reason for the Patriots to draft a quarterback in this draft. There wasn't a reason. I mean, they didn't have to spend one of their draft picks on, on Zappi, and they did. And they did. And they did early. Like, like, and, like it was a that, 130, pick 137. It's not like it was pick 298 and 137. And again, I didn't think he'd push out Mac Jones, but Mac Jones got hurt. Mac Jones got hurt. Two touchdowns, five interceptions. Cash and checks, thing. baby. Cash and checks. Thing. I'm just saying. Just, just saying. Just saying. Hey, hey, we keep receipts around right. here, and that was that. That was a receipt that we took. Uh, hey, 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 we do. We remember these things. We remember. These I remember things. everything. So, and and you you have you are the king of consistency on the show. You will do not back down from something that you have said. Um, we try saying it. Uh, I, I do have the Patriots in this game. You have, you have the Bears in this game. Is that what you're I going am. with? I'm Is changing that, my yeah. pick. This may this may be a bad pick. Oh, you froze. It's so bad of a pick that you froze during it. That's tough. Every time I go to every time I go to to say something that 
my gut doesn't really want me to say, it freezes. And so I didn't, I didn't know if I should have went with the the like uh, Justin Fields B roll to cover it or not. No, I didn't know no, if you were going no, the route okay. of just talking about. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I, I don't know that I truly believe that the Bears can go into Foxborough and win. I don't, but I do think this is a close game, and I do think this is something that. I, I do think Justin Fields can have some success against this Patriots defense because it's something that they don't see all the time, a mobile quarterback that has the ability to run. But Belichick is so good at game planning for games like this. Young teams that don't have a lot of talent. He always – look what he's done. Cleveland with Brissett, uh, Detroit with that young team. Like He just finds a way to scheme really well to win those games. But I'm going to ride this train that I'm on, and I'm going to go down with it. If we go crashing and burning, I'll go down with it. The Patriots and Mac Jones is not it. It's not it. It's not their franchise. He's not their future. So I'm going to ride that train and why not now and say that the Bears go in there and start that controversy right now. Zappy, Zappy, Zappy. Bring on Bailey Zappy. We want Zappy. Yes, sir. We want Zappy. That's how it's going to end. That's the perfect way to end. When it happens, I want you to change Mac Jones' face. To Bailey Zappi's face on this. Oh, the graphic will be an unreal <laughs> graphic when when that happens. I promise. I can promise you that. Oh, that's not supposed to be there. Uh, I can promise you that 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 will be a there will be a phenomenal Bailey Zappi uh, graphic behind you. That is the perfect way to end our week seven coverage. Um, we'll be back again on Sunday for our fantasy football talk, our pigskins and pancakes uh, live at eleven a.m. Eastern time, giving you rankings, giving you our start sits, giving you our DFSs our DFS plays, uh, everything you need to know to win your fantasy weeks this week. Uh, And to recap, week seven, we'll be back live on Monday at 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. Eastern time uh, right here on YouTube at the Sac City Pod. If you have not followed us already, please do so at the Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tickety Talk, and be sure to subscribe to us on our YouTube page. The content is a-flowing, and there is no place you should be the other than the Sac City Podcast at Sac City Pod on all social media for my best friend, Aaron Mukes though. And for Bailey Zappi, I should say, I am me. We will see you Sunday. Peace out. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs>